which San Jose Shark will be the next or first to secure a big-time contract from Mike Greer. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now and Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, probably a part of the Locked On Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. And today we're going to be looking at uh, which player... It's going to get that get the bag, as the kids say. Uh, who is going to be kind of the first uh, long-term big money contract uh, from Mike Greer? As, you know, Mike Greer has been very, very methodical with the contracts that he's given out. Um, but want to kind of look ahead and look at some guys who are potentially who are on the roster right now. Um, look very, very, very early look at the 2024 free agency class and see if with the Sharks having the, the spending power that they're going to have this off season. Uh, if that might be the time with Mike Greer and they'll look at some young players who are, I think are going to be potential big contracts for the Sharks uh, down the line. But um, it's very interesting looking at the cap hits, right? The biggest contract so far that Mike Greer has signed um, is the Mario Ferraro contract. That's a four year, 3.25 million dollar so four years at 13 million dollars that's the largest contract he has given out um in his year so far um you know he's given out some other matt benning with uh, the four years coming out up to five million you know capo kakinen his uh two-year deal at 5.5 million cunning his two-year deal at 5.5 but he's been very very like we're going to stick we're we're, we're going to be you know Coupon shopping. We're going to be, you know, working towards trying to get clean up our cap sheet, um, working towards trying to get younger players on the roster, moving out some of these big contracts, right? The Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, um, you know, plenty of, of big contracts have been moved out or potential big contracts and looking at Timo Meyer. And you are starting to see, at least next year, you're going to start to see um, the, you know, the fruit start to bear a little bit with this. So um, just as a reminder, next off season right now, the Sharks are projecting with cap friendly, projecting the cap salary cap at 87 and a half million. That number is subject to change depending on a lot of different things. But um, as of right now, the Sharks are going to go into next off season with $36 million in free agencies or in cap space um, with a roster size of 14. They're still going to have plenty of players that they're going to have to, Resign. You're going to look at the, a lot of that 2020 class, draft class is going to need um, new contracts as they kind of move, you know, continue to move through the system. You know, guys, but a lot of those guys are still going to be under control, right? Your Bordelos, your Brandon Coes, your Adam Raskas, like Jacob Petersons, a lot of these RFAs, you're still going to be under very cost controlled. 
As for Sharks entering the last year of their deal, um, Kevin LeBanc, Mike Hoffman, Anthony Duclair, Alexander Barabanov, Oscar Lindblom, um, Phillips Adina will be an RFA, Redeem Shimmick, Jacob McDonald, Capo Kakinen, and Luke Cunning, who will also be an RFA. A majority of these guys probably aren't going to be on the team next year, but there are a couple of candidates who I think could earn themselves um, long-term deals or at least big money contracts um, going forward. And, you know, what's a big money contract? I think that is very much up for description of what you want to consider if it's the average salary or the term. But I think just looking at guys who could be looking for kind of big jumps in their pay and two guys out of there really stick out for me with those guys, right? We know Kevin LeBanks probably not going to be back. He's been on the trade block, right? Uh, Mike Hoffman, 33, probably won't be, you know, he's, probably going to be traded sometime before the deadline. Um, Lindblom, unless Lindblom really has a massive season, probably won't be back. Um, you know, Redeem Shimmick, we're not even sure if he's going to make the team out of camp. Again, probably won't be back. Jacob McDonald, like if you want to bring him back a vetman type of deal to be, uh, you know, to play on the Barracuda or an AHL deal, whatever, Capo Kakinen. Again, if he has a big season, unless he has a big season, I think the Sharks continue to look for their goalies elsewhere. But Duclair and Barabanov are two guys who I think, if they have good seasons, could earn themselves a big pay raise. Um, Barabanov is an interesting one, right? Because he's 29. Um, he just turned 29 over the summer. Um, he's been on a, you know, kind of signed that one year, $1 million prove it deal with Doug Wilson. Um, then he signed that two years at two and a half million dollars with under uh, Joe Will um, and has really been a, a kind of a diamond in the rough for the Sharks, right? Um, last season had 47 points in 68 games. The year before it had 39 points in 70 games. And, you know, like, you, you feel like he's kind of hitting his, his stride right here. And, um, he could be a guy where if he goes out and puts up a you know 55, 60 point season, um, the Sharks could be very interested in maybe signing him to a, a longer term, bigger money deal, especially with guys coming off the books like a Kevin LeBanc, right? What if you just gave Bear Banoff the Kevin LeBanc deal, basically four years at five million dollars uh, AAV? We'll see. I mean, I don't know if I would be interested in doing that, but I mean, again, Barabanov has every time I've doubted Barabanov, he just goes out and continues to do great things. And I know he's dealt with a little bit of injuries last year, you know, only playing 68 games. Um, but I think they kind of shut him down to at the end of the season just because they don't want to rush him back. Um, but when he's been out there, he's produced and he's made Logan Couture look so much better since they partnered those two together, right? Kind of taking some of the pressure off Logan Gator. Um, or you could maybe get yourself a nice piece at the trade deadline for Bear Banoff. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I, he's one of those guys where I could kind of, you know, picture going into this off season and, you know, maybe you, you kind of give him that Kevin LeBanc deal um, and hope that he can continue to be a 50, 60 point producer for you. I remember if you, when Doug Wilson re-signed Kevin LeBanc, that was the thing. We need Kevin LeBanc to be a 60-point guy. Kevin LeBanc was never a 60-point guy. Um, Barabanov, if Barabanov is a 45- to 60-point guy, 
you know, maybe, maybe five, four years at $4 million, like that feels pretty fair to me. Um, and you would get him basically through his age 33 season. Um, so you know exactly what you're getting from him. And I think he continued to fit in with the sharks, um, as they continue this rebuild. So then the other guy, um, is going to be newcomer, Anthony Duclair, who did, you know, got hurt last off, off season, um, training, you know, didn't have this season. I think he wanted coming back from injury, but um, has been a goal scorer in the NHL, right? Um, he's had a 30 goals campaign in 21-22 season, um, has put together another 20-goal campaign as well um, in the 19-20 season with the Ottawa Senators. Um, he's also done with the Coyotes. Like, he's been a guy who has scored goals wherever he has gone, and he has struggled with, you know, with some injury history here and there. Um, but I think he's going to get every opportunity to score. And again, also kind of, you know, he's 27, just turned, or he's about ready to turn 28 at the end of the, the month here. Um, so the timeline is going to be a little weird with him too, as well. But, you know, if, Duclair kind of hits the ground running with the Sharks and he's going to get every opportunity because there's really not a ton of goal scorers on this team. Um, Duclair could be one of those guys, you know, if Duclair puts up 30 goals, you know, 25, 30 goals this season for the Sharks and they want to keep him. Um, he's going to be looking for a kind of a pay raise from that $3 million contract that he um, is entering the last year of his deal. So that, that that's another guy who I think, again, timeline, you know, pretty close as well uh or you could maybe i would sign him to maybe a three or four year deal kind of maybe that four by four again but again if you score goals you're gonna get a little bit more money compared to barabanov right barabanov's more of a kind of a playmaker assist guy um duclair more of a shooter uh goal scorer and i think the goal scorers are of course are going to get a little bit more so would be interesting to see what Mike Greer does with, with Duclair, especially if he does have a 25, 30 goal season, which I think he's more than capable of doing, especially when he's going to get all the first team, you know, first team power play, first team, like he's going to get all the chances in the world to score. So maybe this is just a classic pump and dump uh, where you try to get his value as high as you can. And then you trade him at the deadline for the best possible uh, asset. But Again, if looking ahead, if Mike Greer wants to, you know, if he fits in with the system, maybe him and Ekwin have some great chemistry, whatever it is. Um, and you want to have a guy who can kind of continue to help some of these younger guys and actually put the puck in the net, which the Sharks, as we know, are struggle to do. Duclair, you know, I think with a goal score like that, you're probably maybe looking at $5 million plus a season. And I would not go long term, but maybe if you do a three by five, right, give him that $15 million over three seasons. That's that's and then lets him try to kind of get one more contract type of. Uh, so those are two guys um, I think that are potential long, you know, kind of big money. None of these guys I'm signing to seven year deals, um, but these are guys who could be looking to kind of get, get some contracts. And I, I think uh, the right season could be potential either it's they're either going to get re-signed by the sharks or they're going to get traded the deadline. And that's how both these guys uh, future is at least. So um, before we look at some free agents that Mike Greer would have to open the purse strings for, and you know, if he wanted to try to kind of, we know he's going to to acquire talent at some point. So want to look at some names out there and see what, what they could potentially cost. Um, before we do all that, though, do want to take a quick break, talk to you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel and football season, guys. 
is here. We've got preseason going on now. Regular season is right around the corner. And if you want to win big this year, FanDuel is giving you a chance all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you think this is the year the Niners finally do it, win the Super Bowl, you get bonus bets for every victory they have in the regular season. And those bonus bets you can use on spreads, player props, overs, unders, more. Um, you know, if, if you say if you pick, you want to, you know, the Niners to win the Super Bowl, and then you want to bet on Christian McCaffrey to have like, you know, maybe over under touchdowns, or you want to bet on him every week, you know, maybe to score a touchdown, whatever player props there are. Um, right? You get to root for your favorite team to win the Super Bowl. And then you get to root for your favorite players on your favorite team to do stuff as well. Uh, so right now, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. So we know with Mike Greer's plan, right? He's kind of cleared the runway to be able to use some of this cap space here pretty soon, right? Kind of trading the Eric Carlson's four years um, at 11 half million to kind of eat it in two years, right? Um, with, with the sharks again, they're going to have, they're going to have some cap space next year, $36 million. Again, you're going to need some players to sign, of course. And some guys are going to come back and some guys are going to be due for raises and stuff. But again, the sharks are going to have some, you know, if they want to be aggressive in free agency next year and start to kind of turn this, uh, rebuild around, they're going to be able to do so. So you might ask yourself, who could be available for the Sharks? That would make sense, right? Um, not just signing guys because you're signing guys. And um, the big fish for next offseason, and it's going to be one of the biggest storylines of this um, entire season, is, of course, Austin Matthews, who, again, I'm just – Putting names out there. I am not saying that the Sharks will sign Austin Matthews. I'm just informing you of players who could be out there. But Austin Matthews, um, a 26-year-old, you know, one of the best players in the world. Of course, born in the Bay Area. Uh, we know of his close relationship with Patrick Marlowe. He is on a 11, over $11.5 million deal, and it's going to be looking to be one of the highest, if not the highest paid player in the NHL. Again, the shark, he's 26. He's in the prime of his career. Um, former 50 goal scorer, Austin Matthews is one of the best players in the NHL um, and is worth every penny. Like he is worth spending that type of money on. Um, it'd be interesting because we know Doug Wilson try, you know, John Tavares, Sam Coase, plenty of players where, where Doug Wilson tried to kind of sign them in free agency, but was never kind of able to land that big fish. And if Mike Greer can be the guy to kind of land that big fish, um, Austin Matthews would be in very, very intriguing option. But um, again, well worth the money at 85 points in 74 games last year. Like I said, with 40 goals scored, um, what was a quote unquote down season for Austin Matthews last year? Like is just absolute stud. Um, Steven Samkos, much older, right? He'll be 34. I think he's not going anywhere type of player, but um, 
Elias Pedersen, who will be an RFA. Um, so you would could, you know, I don't think again, unless he wants out, I don't think Vancouver is letting him go anywhere. Uh, William Nylander also going to be a UFA. Um, he's on a s- almost $7 million uh, cap hit. and going to be looking to be one of those highest paid players. Um, who's 28 again, point per game type of player. Um, you know, just some other guys to kind of keep an eye on too, as well. Um, Sam Reinhardt, who I know the sharks were potentially interested in reacquiring, uh, when he got traded to Florida a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, you have uh, again, a, lot, a little bit kind of some older guys as well. Um, but those are kind of, you know, some of the at least some of the big names who could be available. This, this free agency class is going to be interesting because a lot of guys took shorter deals to try to get to free agency sooner because they knew the caps would go up here. Um, uh, you know, so if if my career really wants to kind of reset this rebuild swinging for one of these these big name guys um you're gonna have the cap space it's just gonna be one finding that right contract but two can mike greer talk these guys into the vision that he is kind of putting together um and then partner those young guys with your Eklund's, your borlos your uh will smith's your musties all that wherever you draft in this year's draft but um the the Austin Matthews would would look really nice and teal. <laughs> um, man, could you imagine Matthews one, uh, Will Smith two, Beastead three down the middle? Like that's not yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's for another day. But there's there's going to be plenty of guys in this upcoming free agency where you know if if Mike Greer wants to try to add legitimate talent, they're going to be able to try to do that um if he really wants to kind of kickstart this rebuild so it'll be interesting to see how he spends his money uh and what he spends it on you know again who knows or if he wants to kind of maybe wait another season and kind of see what happens going and let the young guys continue to kind of grow and and develop and maybe add, add some complimentary pieces um but if he wants to add a big name next off season is going to be an interesting time for him to be to try to do that as well so um and yeah again especially with with not having a lot of big contracts that they're going to have to, to sign themselves so um before we look at sharks players who are in the long run, I think you're going to need deals at some point. Um, again, there is uh, plenty of time for this, for these guys to kind of get paid. But, uh, you know, Mike Greer is going to have to kind of keep this when he does start adding pieces of free agency. Can I keep some money set aside for these guys? Um, before we get into who those players are and who I think will get long-term deals from the Sharks at some point, um, do need to uh, or do want to thank you guys for making Locked on Sharks your first listen again. Proudly a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you got to do is just follow on wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Uh, we're going to continue our State of the Franchise series with uh, the Oilers. Um, so that's going to be coming out later on this week. And, of course, we'll have another episode for you middle of the week. We're still working on the details of that. But uh, do want to let you guys know, of course, 
plenty of stuff coming as we uh, you know get through the dog days of August here and then start to ramp up for the season, which will be here um, before you guys know it. So make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. All right. For the Sharks themselves, though, I, I think two names, of course, and we are getting way ahead of ourselves. Uh, I think the, the two names you kind of point to a, of who are going to probably get big time, long term extensions at some point. Uh, one, William Eklund, right? Um, his ELC actually kicks in for real, real this this season, um, you know, with the past two years of them kind of uh, continuing to slide it. Um, he is scheduled for a contract 26-27 uh, season where the Sharks will can continue, you know, he will be an RFA, so that if they want to kind of play the RFA game with him, they can do that. But I think you're seeing a, a trend by teams, I think especially really smart teams, of these guys who they know are going to be core pillars of their franchise going forward is just signing them straight to those long-term deals, right? Um, and getting them signed for these contracts through their prime, like the core of their prime, right? Um, you know, William Eckman will be 21 at the beginning of the season. So um, by the time his RFA deal is up, he's going to be, what, 23, 24? Signing him to a long-term eight-year eight extension locks him up through age 31, right? That is the prime of his career. Um, makes sense to me, right? Not kind of. That's where you keep getting in trouble with the like your um, your Thomas Hurdle, um, your Timo Meyer deals, right? Of kind of playing that bridge game, um, kicking the can down the road four years, and then you're put in this tough situation of do I sign a guy in the middle of his prime? Or do I, you know, kind of let him go? And we've seen both instances, right? They signed Tomas Hurdle. Hurdle had a bit of a down season last year, but, you know, you're going to have Tomas Hurdle on the books probably until he's 36, 37. Um, Timo Meyer, of course, you traded, and now he's going to be the devil's problem at, at some point. Um, I still think Timo Meyer is going to age pretty well. But, you know, I think these guys, again, not everybody, but I think these guys who are your pillars of your your team, William Eckman, I think is going to be a pillar of the team, right? I, I have him as the second best Sharks prospect. Um, I've been touting William Eckman since the Sharks, before the Sharks drafted him. I think William Eckman is going to be a you know, 70, 80 point player for the Sharks for a long time uh, and will be probably one of their best players for a long time. Getting him under contract for a long time before he hits his prime makes sense to me because uh, then you look those prime years when he's you know in his prime point per game type of player and he's probably going to be underpaid if you if you're able to kind of get the right deal so especially with mark edward vlasic his contract coming off the book the books that year um right mark edward vlasic's contract expires the 25 26 season you can kind of just earmark the vlasic money for William Eklund. That's the hope, at least, right? If everything goes well. And then I think the other kind of big name one, of course, is Will Smith, who right now isn't under contract because he can't sign a contract because then he can't play NCAA hockey anymore. But, you know, again, if Will Smith, if he plays, has an awesome season in Boston College, um, the Sharks sign him after this season, he's going to be on the same timeline as William Eklund for a contract. Um, 
that's a lot of ifs uh, there with, with Will Smith. Be interesting to see what how Will Smith's season goes and if the Sharks want to kind of like remember with Portolo, right? You sign him to ELC, eat that first year. Um, kind of if you lose that first year, same thing with Henry Thrun, right? It's kind of the price of you do to, to to get these guys to come out of college gets them closer to that big payday at least one year earlier. So um, he's another guy who's probably going to be again. You drafted him fourth overall. You hope he becomes a pillar for your franchise. But again, if he comes in out of the gate swinging and is a huge impact player, oh, you know, in two three seasons you're going to have to pay him at some point and. Like I said with Eklund, right, I think it's better just to kind of give these guys their contract right away, get them through their prime, and then you can kind of figure things out afterwards, um, you know, eight years from now when uh, when they're late 20s, early 30s, if you want to sign them to another deal, kind of see how their games go. You have plenty of time to, uh, with those. So um, Quentin Musty will be interesting as well. Um, if he's as good as we think he is, he could be another one of those guys. Maybe kind of in that next tier below, right? Maybe a potential, like, if you think Eklund is maybe like an $8 million player, again, we are projecting a lot here. Maybe Smith is like a 9 or $10 million player. Maybe Musty is like a 7 or $8 million, maybe kind of a tier right below Eklund. Um those, those are your, kind of your potential big money guys. So I think for some of the other players, right, your Gushins, your Robins, your Bortolos, um, I think they're going to be a little bit like you're going to play the RFA game as long as you possibly can with them, um, you know, kind of signing them to those team-friendly contracts. And then they're going to be the guys that once they kind of um, – run through those RFAs where you're going to have to kind of make decisions on them. And if you want to give them something more long-term or kind of the, those, but those, those guys still have a, there's a lot of leeway for those guys and um, you know, how their seasons go and how they continue to progress um, going forward. So, um, but yeah, I, I think kind of to sum it all up this year, we'll see what with, with bear Banoff and Duclair, um, I think Barabanov makes a lot of sense, kind of, kind of, because he's done it for with the Sharks for a little bit longer, especially in the system. Um, and I, I think he might be a little bit cheaper than Anthony Duclair. I know he's a little bit older, uh, but it's not like he has a ton of hockey under under him, right? Like he's kind of maybe more tread on the tires uh, than Anthony Duclair. Um, but again, for Free agency, the Sharks are going to be able to kind of go out there and spend with the best of them um, next offseason. So if they want to go big game hunting, they're going to be able to do that. And then just earmarking some money for Smith, Musty, and Eklund. That's kind of what Mike Greer is going to be doing here. Um, you know, as they, they try to kind of budget and balance the budget for the next couple seasons as they start to rebuild and hopefully start to enter the fun frisky phase. So um, anyway, it was fun to kind of look at which players are going to get paid at some point um, as money starts to become available for Mike Greer. So um, that's going to be it for me today. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll be back later this week. We're going to have, going to be digging into the Oilers state of the franchise. We'll have something else fun for you guys in the middle of the week. Um, so working on some, some things there uh, right now. So, potential interview we'll see um 
but if not, we'll, we'll have plenty of good topics to talk about. So uh, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter and threads at my fry hole. Until Tuesday night, Wednesday. Bye, friends. <laughs>